born in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Welcome, this is Karen Schoen, and you're listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. The Alliance is sponsoring a program that can help parents get their children out of those disgusting, disgraceful grooming centers that Teach your children nothing. Get your children out of public school now. If we want any hope at all, that's exactly what we need. I wanted to talk for a minute about the Supreme Court ruling that happened this week regarding elections and what that means. Recently, the Supreme Court, in their ruling of the lawsuit Moore versus Harper, is going to have a very, very big change on the way elections are run because they took the election laws out of the hands of the people through the legislature and put them in the hands of either appointed or elected justices. So a single justice will make a decision for the state rather than the people making the decision for the state. Now, they are going to tell you that this will bring some stability to the 2024 election. Well, let me tell you, it will not because there will be a tremendous amount of lawsuits. Uh, as to an independent state legislature theory that the legislature is to handle the elections. Well, the court just took that away. So us appointing judges, we have to vet them and make sure our legislature knows how we want them to vote. So we have to make sure of that. We also have... The Supreme Court, although they rejected the independent state legislature theory, they left the door open. So what does that do? That brings more money to the attorneys that we didn't need. So instead of having a clear-cut decision, they have a decision that goes, we have a decision, but maybe that's not the decision, and maybe we should be looking at the decision again. They left it and made it very confusing. And the only thing that is going to settle that is more money for more attorneys to go to the Supreme Court. In any event, it was a bad decision. And I believe that the demonstrations and death threats that were going on unabated, unnoticed, rarely reported upon, would make sure that the people had no knowledge was enough to scare Kavanaugh and Roberts into voting 
for the left. So we have to make sure and pay attention to who's running for office, what do they stand for, and how have they ruled in the past. And although the past is only an indication of what they could do, you have that indication which you would not have before. So the importance of vetting, I can't stress that enough. The other thing that happened this week was Biden signed, I believe, another executive order saying that he wanted 5G throughout the country. 5G is the technology that will transport all of your data, all of your information, be your surveillance, and transport everything back to the government. There will be no place that you can hide. And for those of you that have smart uh, machines, smart appliances, smart equipment, I would suggest that you make them stupid. Why am I saying that? Well, SMART stands for surveillance, monitoring, analysis, reporting, technology. All What does that all mean? What that all means is they will be watching you. And the last item I wanted to discuss before we get to our wonderful guests um, was an article that was on Breitbart, and it was the disgusting behavior that went on in New York City this weekend, where men were running naked through the streets at an event that was called a family event. It was a transgender event, and this is how they are expressing themselves. It was disgraceful. I'm beginning to wonder, as Cindy said, where are the decency laws? We have all these laws that you can't do this in public, you can't urinate in public, you can't defecate in public, and you can't pull your drawers down in public, Um, especially if you are advertising that you're doing an event that includes minor children. However, these people have no conscience, they have no common sense, and they're busy thinking about that lovely little tush that that little seven-year-old has and what they're going to do with it. And believe me, after you pay attention to uh, John Caviezel's film and read some of the information on human trafficking and what they do to these kids, it is horrible. And then, of course, we had in the Ukraine, what a surprise, they were trying to sell an 11-month-old baby for body parts. Remember, a long time ago, I told you, this is about body parts, because the wealthy people want to live forever, and if they have children or family or anyone who needs whatever, they are willing to pay lots and lots of money for that baby. So your baby is worth more in pieces, in parts, than your baby is worth in a whole format. 
So the fate that your baby has in the hands of these cartels is just horrific. And that was something that must we must pay attention to this and must eradicate it. I know that America is way up there in the categories of pornography, sex, and lewd and lascivious behavior. So it is disgraceful to think that this is what everybody is applauding. Would you bring your child to a parade where nude other men parade up and down the street in the name of transgenderism? The whole scene makes absolutely no sense at all, unless you are trying to destroy the family. And then it makes perfect sense. Okay, well, Sally, since uh, you are the host, since you are the moderator, I will send this over to you. Um, we have a, have a group of people who want to destroy, who want to destroy the culture. And this is part of it, the, the lie about the white supremacy and all this other stuff. Um, and then as I was saying too, the other thing today, we're having a Florida in review, and um, Ed Vidal is going to talk about his article that he wrote and also about the election integrity bill and how it got there and what's really going on. I mean, people need to understand, um, Florida, hey, it's, it's done so much better than the other states on the COVID stuff. And, it's definitely in better shape than many other states. So there's nothing, no complaint there. However, we need to be careful about what's really going on in the background and how some other things are going on that really aren't, um, not making Florida the freedom state like we're wanting it to be. And we also need to see the role that uh, Governor DeSantis played because of what he did there, he did a lot of good, but you can't ignore the other. If he wants to be the president, I think we need to consider all these factors. Um, so, uh, before you go and decide who you want to vote for and, and to support. So, um, and then, like I say, next week, um, planning on having a, a discussion. I'm going to call it unrestricted warfare because of the uh, propaganda that's going on in anything goes. And of course, the COVID, what COVID has done to the next generation, next couple of generations of this country. Any, anything goes. It's just a sad day of theirs. So that being said, let me get Ed in here right now. And then Karen is going to talk about the property rights, what's been happening on that side of it in Florida as well, because that has been a, such a mess. People have no idea how we're being sold out that way, too. And we're doing better than other states, but you gotta you got to take a closer look. You cannot believe what you read in the newspaper. you got to go out there, and you really have to try to follow what they're doing at your state and local level. Local, uh, unfortunately, sometimes the local uh, commissions don't even know what they're doing at the state. That's taking away the rights from the local government. It's just it's a sad situation. Anyway, with that being said, um, Ed, can you hear me? Hi, can you hear me? <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I was reading your article earlier, and it's an excellent thing. It's pretty, and it really is the truth with uh, Juneteenth. We, we need to get the truth out there about the history. But uh, you're obviously very engaged in um, uh, the Florida, what's going on with Florida election law. You're an attorney and also a writer. So uh, please feel free to tell us a little bit more about yourself, why you got involved in this. And uh, if you want to give us a little more of the history, you're more than welcome to then get into the election integrity bill of Florida. Okay. Well, 
Uh, I guess the most important thing to understand about me, and that's at the bottom of in my bio, is that when I was nine years old in 1966, my family immigrated from Cuba. So I was born in 57. Uh, I was there. I, I lived within 50 miles of Bay of Pigs. And I saw my father had a, a pharmacy that had been in the family, and it was confiscated by the government with no compensation. And so they took his uh, livelihood away. And in 1965, uh, there was a settlement of the Bay of Pigs, and freedom flights were allowed to come to the U.S. So anybody who wanted to leave Cuba and left all their property, which we had been taken away by then, uh, was able to come. So in 1966, my family came uh, to Miami. My dad got a job in Chicago, so I grew up in Chicago, went to college and law school there. And so the, the important thing is that I've already lived all this. Um, you know, right now, I can see that the, uh, progressives in the United States are trying to pull off a socialist totalitarian revolution. And that is not an exaggeration, and I've seen it. And uh, I remember it when I was nine years old. Uh, I, didn't, I learned English when I was nine years old. And uh, after, in college, I studied uh, Russian civilization. I studied uh, communism, and I kept, kind of kept track of it. Uh, although I have to admit, for 30 years after college, I was a business lawyer, and I was corporate law in Chicago and then New York. So when I uh, when I got to be 55, uh, I had an opportunity to take early retirement, which I did. My kids were gone. Uh, I have two kids. Uh, my wife and I moved uh, from New York, where, where I was working, to our favorite city, which is Houston, as we're both kind of Texans. Uh, but then our kids settled on the East Coast, so we moved to Miami. And that, that's where we are. Uh, in the morning, I'm a part-time lawyer, and in the afternoon, I'm very active with election integrity, and I also write for this uh, new digital newspaper here in Miami called the Miami Independent. But you have to understand, all my insights are from where I came from, and uh, you know, when, I, when you ask somebody, where are you from, uh, some people are offended at that, but it's really very important. Uh, in Washington, they say that people are policy. That whoever you appoint, it, 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 the person will, will see the policy. People are policy. And they also say what you see depends on where you stand. So you, that's where you, you got to figure out where people are standing so you can see where they're going to be coming from and, where, and ask them where they're from. So that's, that's the first um, you said you want to talk about me. Now, do you want me to talk about Juneteenth or do you want me to go into the legislative issue? Well, I, I know you're not going to be able to stay on for the whole length of the show. So right. if you want to give a little bit of the Juneteenth, just or if you want to, but sure. just focus, I, yeah. I, I think the integrity okay. law well, is really important. Yep. Well, okay. So I went to college at the University of Chicago in the south side of Chicago. So that is the, the heart of the black community. Uh, my, my wife and I went to our 45th college reunion three weeks ago. And we went to a, a, a church on the south side that's run by a pastor named Corey Brooks, a very outspoken conservative Republican. And he's starting this, he has a project called Project Hood, which is he's, he's building a, uh, a training center where he can train people to have trade and vocation so that they can support themselves instead of relying on the welfare state and on crime. And so that's where I come uh, to the black community. And I've always been very uh, interested in, the, of course, race is the uh, key issue in America. So I've always been very focused on that. And uh, this article on Juneteenth is really just uh, a, a recapitulation of the fact, which is it was the Union Army, it was the Republicans who freed the slaves. 
it was the Democrats who owned them. And that's very important yeah. because one of the Democrats, when you look at the 20th century and how progressive is Margaret Sanger have been the racist party, it started with Woodrow Wilson, who, who segregated the civil service. Woodrow Wilson was 10 years old, living in South Carolina, when Sherman went marching through. He was a Confederate. He hated the Union Army. And he was the, the, the Democrat president, and he's the one who started the, uh, the segregation of the federal civil service. And he goes through Franklin Roosevelt, was another guy who was very racist. And Link, Lyndon Johnson was the guy who set up the Great Society, the War of Poverty. And what that did was expanded the welfare state. And what the welfare state does, and it does it everywhere all over the world, is that it, it tempts you into giving up on yourself and on your family and, and becoming dependent on government. And if you become dependent on government, then you're going to vote for the party of government. And that's what Lyndon Johnson wanted. And that's what a pastor like Cory Brooks can see today. And he wants to break that dependence. What my article talks about paying attention to a guy like Cory Brooks, pastor Cory Brooks in the South Side of Chicago. He wants to break the dependency that the welfare state has. It's a temptation. It's like Jesus is tempted in the desert. The welfare state tempts us all. And it does that in Europe, too. It's everywhere it's used. The welfare state is a temptation to become dependent on Caesar. And that's really what that article is about. So if there are any questions or anything, I'm happy I'm here. I'm always available. Uh, the second point is the legislative process of election integrity. And I'm active with the Election Integrity Brigade of Miami-Dade County. We, we used to be affiliated with local Republican Party, but we have become disaffiliated because we're very disappointed with local Republican Party. Uh, so we are have our own Election Integrity Brigade of Miami-Dade County. And we have, we're very active at election integrity through various groups. There's a group called Florida Fair Election. They're connected with another national group, Election Integrity Network, and that's run out of Northern Virginia. Cleta Mitchell is the lawyer that runs that. Ned Jones is another one that's very useful. And so we are, we are plugged in, I would say, to networks in the state and all nationwide. Uh, there's also uh, American Values Voters that run, these people run weekly uh, webinars. And so together with the Florida Fair uh, Legislative Session came up, we came up with a wish list, what we wanted for the legislature. And most of it was tightening the uh, ID requirements. Uh, I'm a naturalized citizen, so I think it's very important that only U.S. citizens be allowed to vote. We also wanted to clean up the voter rolls. That's a key requirement because I've been a poll watcher for for many years, 15 years. But, you know, if you're poll watching, but the poll list, voting lists are, are corrupted, there's nothing you can do. Uh, and finally, vote by mail. We're very much opposed to vote by mail. Vote by mail is an invitation fraud. Because you don't know who's voting that. What people being deserted on the border. Uh, people can vote for dead voters, absent voters, make-up voters. That's a lot of what happened in the presidential election. Uh, the made-up voters were, were, were mailed in, and a few other people voted for the, the actual voters. And, uh, and so vote-by-mail is a, a real uh, an invitation for fraud. But those are priorities. And uh, the, the ladies from Florida Fair Election in Tallahassee, we had conference called completely, and we were ready to go. What happened was that all of a sudden, during the week of Easter, when people were visiting and family was here,
to Tallahassee. We wrote to our legislators. We wrote to the Secretary of State. And we, we made changes to make, uh, you know, statements. We, we continued to, to speak out, but nobody listened. Uh, Defense Florida became involved. I sent a letter on half of our, our group and many other election groups did that. They sent their legislative and letters to the Secretary of State. And at the end of it, we didn't get what we wanted. We, we got, when we reconvened to see what had happened, the Florida Fair Election Legislative Working Group, we, we figured that we had gotten 20% of what we had asked for. And I said, well, look, Florida has 67% Republican leaders. And our, our conservative Republican governor, allegedly, got 59% of the vote. Why are we only getting 20%? And the answer is you have to, it's not enough just to look at the issue. You have players. And you have to look at the players in the octagon. You know, it's, uh, it's martial arts. You're, going, you're getting into, you're not getting into a boxing ring with one of the fighter and a referee and rules. You're getting into an octagon. It's more like Mad Max and Thunderdome. It's every man for himself in that uh, octagon. So what we are going, what we did in our review and what we're going to be getting ready for is you have to see who else is on the, in the arena. And there are three players in the arena that were working against conservative groups that, are, that exist all up and down Florida and that includes our group here in Miami-Dade. The first group by far is the Florida Association of Supervisors of Elections. There are 67 counties for a supervisor of elections who run the local elections. They have a cartel, a public sector cartel, uh, that gets together to push for their interest. And so these are people that, are, that the taxpayers fund. So they use taxpayers' money to lobby against taxpayers, in effect, because they're not the interests of freedom, uh, freedom and uh, individual citizens. They have their own interests. They they, they subscribe to the progressive view that government should be by so-called expert technocrats with very little, if any, accountability to we the people. That's how they look at things. They're unionized government bureaucrats. So these people have formed the cartels, and it's called the FSC, Florida Association of Supervisors of Elections, and they were the ones who were exercising the most power. They were the ones who drafted the first draft. And the first draft contained a clause that totally made me throw up. It said it made it a third degree felony for poll watchers to quote harass or intimidate election workers and even campaign workers. That is just totally outrageous. That's totally out of the narrative and the talking point of the progressive election uh, group that, that we have been fighting. So well, the first group that we have to worry about is the FSE. They are funded by taxpayer dollars, but they also get a lot of funding and, uh, 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 donations in kind from vendors, the machine vendors and other vendors. So they, they get money from vendors. Well, of course, the vendors don't have the same interest as the citizens and the taxpayers and the voters. And they get a lot of donations in kind from progressive groups like Zuckerberg money, uh, groups led by people like David Becker. He's a source funded group. So the FSE is, is definitely the enemy. Now, the second group that was the enemy, not as much as the FFE, were the legislators themselves. And here's where you have to understand the Florida legislature. The Florida legislature is a top-down organization. The independent, the, the, the local legislators are not independent. What happens in Florida is that the big donors, that means like uh, Big Sugar, uh, Florida Crystal, owned by the Van Hul family, 
And by the way, this is all lawful, but this is what happens. Big sugar, big electric power, Florida Power and Light, Duke Power is big over in Tampa. Uh, it used to be Big Mouth, but Disney has kind of shot itself in the foot by uh, going for pedophile grooming, so that they're, they're in question. But they, they used to give a lot of money to all the legislators. Uh, and then I guess you have big developers, Lennard, and with that, these are all lawful businesses, but they are, are big donors, and they go to the leadership in, in Tallahassee. They fund the Senate, the Republican Senate Campaign Committee, and the Republican House Campaign Committee. Florida is, is a Republican state, has become a Republican state, so it's a Republican where the game is played. So these campaign committees and these Senate and House leaders are very much controlled who gets elected. The, the way the Republican leadership works is they go to a, a district and they pick who they're going to support with money, with manpower, with advertising, and they support him against other Republicans in good standing. So it's not like, you know, you're, you're, it's a fair fight. The party is favoring one, one person who has been selected by the leader. And the leaders, just like the welfare state, the leaders pick people who are dependent on that. If you have your own business, if you have a law practice that's thriving, if you're an elect- have an electrical contracting business and you want to go into the legislature, the leadership doesn't want you because they can't control you because you don't need them. You have your own business. You want to be a good citizen, civic-minded. So so as a result, the, in- the, the legislators in Florida tend to be very much not independent. They're totally yes-men. They're good people. They're, they're not. I'm not saying they're bad but they tend to be dependent on leadership. They don't fuck leadership, and that's how leadership wants them, which is fine. But you have to understand that in the Senate, in particular, Kate Pastadomo yeah. is a true rhino. In almost every bill where Governor DeSantis, who I think is more conservative, for example, constitutional carry, we didn't get full constitutional carry, we got permitless carry. It's like she'll give you, you know, 90% or not the whole thing. Well, in this case, he sided very much with the Florida supervisors of elections. And so the, the bill was very much slanted. The first draft was terrible. We worked hard. We got some of the most owners parts out, but it's still not what we want. And that, that brings up the third player, who I think was the weakest player, and that was uh, Governor DeSantis's representative, Secretary of State Cord Burke, who's a great guy, a Christian, a conservative, but he let the other two monsters run the show too much. And I appealed to him. I said, the, the Florida supervisors of election are an extra constitution. You know, they're the administrative state. They're not the judiciary. They're not the legislature. They're not the executive. They're the fourth branch of government, an unconstitutional fourth branch. And uh, he said, can we know they're part of the constitution? I said, yeah, I know. But then we have to have the administrative state, but we cannot let them run our legislation for us in any area. And I, I went back to uh, James Madison. James Madison, as, as Federalist 51, said, our job is, first of all, to, you know, men are not angels, so you need government. You can't live in a state of nature. So first you need the government to be able to establish order, and that is through force. But second, once you do that, you have to be able to check that government. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to The Prism of America's Education Brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. See you in a few. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, 
one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rex nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe. Air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. America OutLoud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, everyone. This is Karen Schoen. You're listening to the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Please go FLCA, go to the website, goflca.org and find out about the micro schools and learn what you can do to mentor a child. Our future is being destroyed, and it's our fault. We've got to pay attention. We have to make sure that Americanism, not communism, is taught in school. Ed, before the break, you were telling us about what the next step we're going to be in the legislative season. So if you could pick that up, that would be terrific. The drafting going to start in in the fall, and we're going to be ready. We're going to be we know who the players are. Defense Florida is going to be active. Florida Fair Elections, I think, has learned their lesson, and we're going to be confronting uh, these field players. We're going to keep track of the Florida Supervisors of Elections Association, and we're going to want to have identity, uh, voter ID. We want U.S. citizenship. We want to reduce uh, the vote by mail. That is rife with fraud, cut it back to as much as close to as the original absentee balloting as possible. And we want to clean up the voter rolls, remove dead people. If somebody's dead and a, and a precinct captain knows that, then he can vote for him because he's not going to say, oh, I, I, I wasn't there. Other thing is people who move away, you got to clean up the voter rolls. If a, if, a, if a bad precinct captain knows that somebody has moved away, he'll go in and vote for them. Because he knows that they're they're registered to vote, but they're not going to show up. That's what we got to watch out for. 
and that's what we're doing. So that's that's my conclusion, um, and I'm happy to take questions. Well, first I'm going to uh, <clears throat> excuse me follow up on the supervisor and elections association thing because I don't think people really have a, a sense of what is. What, how much this really matters? Because I, I was talking to uh, I'm up here in, in Jackson County, and um, I, I was talking to the supervisor elections and and, and uh, Karen, who's going to be a Karen Jones, she's she's going to be on here in just a minute. Um, she, she was one of the poll watchers at the same time. I know she worked with them too. It's like they they didn't the supervisor elections. She didn't want the uh, paper paper ballots. Because it was too much time and too much work, and I, you know, I just remember when we had those discussions. Like, I want to know what these supervisors of the lunches are doing, and that's when I learned about their association. And I thought we, we've got them fighting against us because they don't feel like bothering yeah. them. And I was in Orange County for many years. I uh, was born and raised in Orange County, and at one point we had passed a local a change to the local charter to to have term limits for the supervisor elections because the guy had been there forever, and. Um, it went past flying colors. It passed, but then it was uh, reversed because they said it was the state office and you couldn't do that at the local level. So there needs to be term limits on these supervisors of elections too. They shouldn't be an, an owning the election. And I, I looked out at the um, the website for the supervisor of elections association site. We're here to to ensure the integrity and all this kind of stuff of elections. I'm like, wait, not. There it is. It's the state. You can't trust. No, no, it was just really disgusting, and I just don't think people pay enough attention. And I would say, for the most part, out there in the state of Florida, go out there and replace every supervisor election. And unless you've got some real reason, I mean, unless they were fighting for the paper ballot, because it's my understanding, well, I mean, I know we were trying to get the paper ballot, but hasn't there been something out there now trying to block? Where I think at one point it was up to the the counties. They could use paper ballots if they wanted to, but is there something out there trying to block paper ballots in Florida or anything like that? Well, the machine vendors are certainly against it, and uh, the supervisors of elections don't want to do it. So yeah, they, they're they're uh, sitting on their hands. But if we go, to, if enough people would go locally to their commissioners and say, you know, we paper ballots, but we get rid of these corrupt machines, and we want the paper ballots. Um, is there any reason at the local level, the county level, that we could or couldn't do that? What's the, what's the there, are some, there are some restrictions in state law against uh, using counting, hand counting paper ballots. And there's some language that says that you're supposed to use machines. So that's where we have to address it at the state legislative level. Yes. Okay, because okay, I think we really have to push that one too. And DeSantis. Uh, he, he's out gallivanting across the countryside, you know, now running for president. But if he's, he doesn't uh, speak up and promote... Don't worry. What's that? Don't worry, he's, he doesn't have a chance. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, but I'd rather him be here fighting. <laughs> he talks about he his book, Freedom, Courage for Freedom, or whatever right. his book is. He's out there doing all this stuff. What, what about March. fighting for the election? March 20... 2024, he, he will have a lot of time to work. He's going to lose the primary in his own state. And that's going to be pretty embarrassing. And, uh, you know, he's going to have to pick himself up. And I'm going to help him because I think he's a good guy. But I'm with, I'm with, I'm with Trump. It's um, the time is right for Trump again. Yeah. 
I agree, and there's other reasons why I'm not real happy with this episode. We're not going to go into that tonight. No, no, it's not. Okay, uh, Cindy, I think, wants to chime in on this and uh, yes. uh, add a few comments to it. And then uh, Karen, I'm sure, also will, but Karen's also going to be talking about the property rights. So, Cindy, what are you thinking? Um, well, first of all, I'd like to comment on um, what he was talking about with the supervisor of election. I sent this out in 21. Uh, Katie Couric and Chris Cribbs, the misinformation tour from the Aspen Institute. The Aspen Institute mm-hmm. is, is, I have been sending it out probably for 12, 10, 15 years. Warning people, Paul Ryan, when he was running, which, I mean, yeah. this institution is horrible. So then what they did is, they had a misinformation tour, and when the supervisor of elections had their little uh, convention, I think it was in Tampa or wherever, somewhere up there, we found out that Chris Cripps was going to go. Now, you know who he was? He was the guy that Trump fired. Um, let me think who he was with. He was not uh, some security tech guy. Anyway, he fired. Mm-hmm. So now he's in bed with, um, well, this is who was on with him. So Katie Couric, and then they had this uh, Rashid Robinson, who's the president of Color of Change. Chris Cripps, the former director of Department of Homeland Security, Cybersecurity, and Infrastructure Security. So they were going around, probably across the country, where these conventions were going on with our supervisor of elections. So we went down to our local supervisor of elections, which is run by Vicki Davis, who is a Republican. I've known her probably 30 years. She sounded like she was disturbed, but, you know, you know, uh, to me, um, what you just said about the legislature is, is totally true, because it all went to heads last week. They had an REC meeting. I don't sit on the REC anymore because I can't do what I can do if I did sit on the REC. So right. they had a big fight, and the legislators came in, Arn, Toby Overdor, Gail Harrell, I'm thinking about the other one, John Snyder, who is the sheriff's son. Well, they gave them a riot act, and they had a petition telling them that they were a huge disappointment and they will not be, we will primary them. And now this is, when I tell you how bad it is, they don't care. Toby Overdorf told me on the phone, and I've been trying to get some help on some property issues, I asked. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, I said, so what? So he's telling me some things. Well, you know, don't tell anybody that I said anything because, you know, I have future aspirations. Of course. And uh, somebody from Rubio's office, when I mentioned who it was, the senator from uh, Naples, who brought us the local act, the low low, uh, affordable housing act. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he, he just said, you know, basically what you said and worse. So I don't and you can't tell people this. I mean, I go out every day, and we're fighting here in Martin County, and they still don't get it. Because you know what? They're all hooked on power. It really starts at the local level. If you look at everything that we are paying out of our taxes for our local commissioners, uh, you know, uh, life insurance policies, why am I paying for a life insurance policy? And I can go on. And then they get reelected. There's no, we don't have any. They can, they can be in there for eight years, ten years, fifteen years. Yeah, no term. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's so so it's embedded. And then all the money that was going around with COVID. Let me tell you about that. Mm. So everybody took money from COVID, right? So now that's come home to roost. 
because the money ran out and now their interest rates have gone up and now they're all scrambling around town. Now, this is the, the commissioners, the city commissioners, the realtors involved, uh, the Chamber of Commerce, who does not work for the people. He works for the cabal. Um, they're all in on it. I don't know how we break it up. Uh, we had a bunch of people here who started a We the People thing, and they thought they were going to go in there and, and, you know, go to the courts and whatever they were going to do, I forgot, like a nationalist movement, and they got nowhere. They quit. So that whole movement has gone off. The only thing that's left here is the Tea Party, which is what I am, and I, I, I just don't even know what to say because um, well, it, it really, is, it really starts it's everywhere. Without that, you don't have anything else. No, no, we're not going to get any help from the we're not getting any help from the Republican Party right. because everybody's in bed with one another and they're all going to each other's cocktail parties, which I refuse to do. And I sat on that RAC, I think for like seventeen years. I even was a board member, and I came in during Clinton. Yeah, I just when I started the Tea Party, I stayed on for a while. We put all the people on the Tea Party. We put them all on the RAC. We even wrote uh, so everybody knows that we wrote the only conservative platform in all of Florida because the Florida Republican Party doesn't even have a platform. And we took the Philly Shaftley idea and we got a platform ready. And that was to be used to vet the candidates. Well, they refused to vet the candidates with it. So we're really back. Yeah. Now what we have is we have the voter, you know, we have um, Dan Schultz who encouraged everybody to go on from the precinct project and a lot of people quit. Uh, and that's because they went in with their story, you know, with stars in their eyes. And I always tell people, you know, well, I, it just doesn't mean I'm not calling anybody. I said, well, okay, you don't. But, you know, we do have some power in this sense. If you call your representative, at the end of the day, they count how many calls they get to those offices because they're always running for the next election. So if, they're, if their phones are melting down, let's say they get a thousand calls. Oh my God, they're, they're like, oh, 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 wait a minute, maybe I should vote for that bill. But we don't have enough people to do that. Emails are a waste of time. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. And I, and I hear the frustration. I'm on this um, texting thing with the people from Palm Beach County on election integrity. And they're trying everything they can to do there. I, I don't know if they're working with um, the organization you talked about because getting that smart. Key Party Patriots is also involved on the national level with that woman yeah. with voter integrity. Yeah. So, um, but they're going to start, Key Party Patriots is going to start gearing up again, and they hope to be in a lot of the states uh, to try to help with that. That's all I have to say. Somebody's talking about, you're just saying, asking people to call. I send out emails, make a phone call, pick up the phone. Here, I've given you the link, please get your representative. It's the same one here, I give that you the number. I've done as much as I can, but you're the one who has to pick up the phone and make a phone call. I'm going to tell you what I really think. Okay? Back in the day, when you worked on elections, you had phone banks. And people came in and you worked those phone banks till 9 o'clock at night. I was tempted to actually do that in my house. If there's an important bill to get everybody over here, okay? And and what I did one time at one of the meetings, I asked everybody to take out their phone. I gave them a slip of paper. I said, this is every elected official. Put them in your phone. When they were done putting them in the phone, I had state rep, Mary Lynn Magar, who, by the way, told me, uh, I'm not a lawyer, uh, and I was told to go along, get along. 
long. So if I wanted to make any change and get anything done with health care, I had a vote to be filled. That's what she told me. She is no longer a representative. She is now the chairman of the party here. And I said, when you see an alert, go out in an email. And then we had, we also had a texting thing, like a group text. I said, then you know that we're asking you to do something. Well, I think it lasted about three months, and then people just didn't want to do it. So, you know, we have our, our, ourselves to blame for this. We really do. Um, I blame the public. Yeah. I do. I don't, I don't believe it. We, we have a lot of bad people running our country right now, and it's really getting very dangerous what's going to happen in the next few weeks with the dollar and all of this. And yet, you know what? We don't have anybody... Uh, the people are going along, they're going on a cruise, and they're doing this, and they're doing that. Like, everything's pie in the sky. Yeah. Um, oh, people haven't suffered enough. They, 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 people haven't <laughs> suffered enough on some of the stuff. Well, I don't want to suffer But, of course, ultimately, it was, it was a dumbing down of people and, and brainwashing and through the, the media yeah. and the virus. I mean, there's many, many reasons why people are um, are so complacent on this stuff. It's, it's while back, I ran for Orange County Mayor. Um, the Ocrec violated all the rules. Uh, it was <laughs> it was the people from Ocrec who were the um, uh, supporting the other candidates. It was only two of us. It was only two Republicans. And um, I was um, uh, by uh, county charter. There's only two candidates because it's a non um, a uh, open race, a non um, nonpartisan race for the county mayor that it had to go to the general. So they went in and stuck in a write-in candidate, um, an old geezer who didn't like me, Craig Grant was his name, <laughs> and many stories on that guy, he, he and the argument over transportation. But anyway, uh, he was, uh, they put him in as a write-in candidate, but write-in candidates weren't supposed to be allowed if they weren't part of the primary process. All this other stuff, so this is the Republican Party corrupting the election. So, you know, we, we can complain all we want to about what the Democrats are doing, and it's really pretty scummy and terrible. But look at look in the mirror with these Republicans. The Republican Party of Florida is useless. And this is where I, I fight, and this is, if you come up and have any idea of that, how we can do this, I will be the first one in line to do whatever it is. We need to make major, major changes into Florida law, and including how we select the electors to vote for the president, which we talked about that last week. Um, be, because the process is so corrupt that uh, it, it, me, I, I'm sick of both parties, and I, I'm, I'm now back into being a um, no party affiliate, same as George Washington, and um, I, I, I'm basically eliminated from this process. And over, I believe in Florida, it's something like 45 percent of the voters are no party affiliate or are part of a third party. They both are many, many. Voters are sick of both Republicans and Democrats, and these people are excluded. We've got to figure a way to get Americans back in, in the voting process because they don't want to deal with everything that Cindy's talked about. This is why you don't want to be part of this party. Well, the, being part of the Republican Party just doesn't mean anything in the state of Florida. And I know Karen, she's going to say it. It's okay. <laughs> go, go ahead and say it. We need to get rid of the crud that's in the Republican Party now, and we've got to clean it up. Blah, 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 blah. I personally, I think hell will freeze over first. Nothing personal, but I believe that's what will happen first before you clean up the Republican Party of Florida. It's, it's really, well, it's a very you, bad you, situation. You can't wait to do the whole clean, clean up. You got to go with the uh, partly dirty, but you got to clean them up enough. Thank and you. So our objective here is to clean it up enough so that we can have a free and fair election. 
so that we can recruit enough people to be poll watchers, so we can keep an eye on the supervisor of election. Uh, you know, we're, we're not trying to totally reform the Republican Party. We're trying to reform it enough so we can do our job, which is to have uh, free and fair elections. The definition of a poll tax when it comes to um, the Constitution and the electors. Um, I'm denied the right to participate unless I sign up to be part of an association, a private entity called the Democrat or Republican Party. Um, and there's, there's, that part is not right. There's, there's a very strong constitutional issue to me when I have to be associated with a private entity that I don't believe in. What I believe is, is really crumbs, uh, scum, scum buckets, but corrupt. Both of them are corrupt as far as I'm concerned, and I think that could be proven quite easily. Um, so forcing me to be part of those groups, those organizations, so that I have a right to participate in the election is just not the right thing to do. And I really think it's time we get somebody out there. So if you have any ideas on that one, please let me know. Would that be a thing, Sharon? Ed is right. We have to clean. We have to start. And what's the most important thing? The most important thing is to win, because if we don't win, we're not going to get anywhere. So how do you win? We've got to clean up the elections, and that should be everyone's priority. And unfortunately, it's not. And the only reason why I go back to the Republican Party is that in less than a, two years, I don't believe it would there would be enough time for a new third party to be born and be put on every state charter so that they can hold and be part of federal elections. I don't see that happening. Third parties parties in American politics are for losing. The way American politics works is that there are two two runways. It's like a a ski. I don't know if you're in the Olympics. They have the two uh, tracks. And, mm-hmm. and the tracks themselves have very little substance. There's, there's some basic substance. But the, the trick in American politics is to take over one or the other of the tracks. And what's happened is that the Democrats have been taken over by these extreme progressive socialists. And even over the last 10 or 12 years, they've gone further to the left. So what we have to do is take over enough of the Republican track so that we can fight off uh, the Democrats and the socialists, really. Yeah. Uh, like I say, we have to fight off the rhinos first we, before we can reach the fighting the socialists. And if you, you know, a third party, I, we, we went to a meeting and I'm in, t- in touch with a libertarian party here in Miami Dade. It's totally useless. They're great yes. people. We need to get them involved in what we're doing with the conservative groups. Third parties in American politics uh, don't work. You got to take over one or the other of the parties and make it work enough. And you'll never clean it up enough because it's politics. But third parties just are, 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 are for losers, really. It look at Ross Perot. If he had run in the Republican primaries in 1992, he would have beaten uh, uh, Poppy Bush. But he, he would have never had a chance the, because the Republican Party is so corrupt. He would have never no, been, had well, any chance well, to run. Trump, Trump pulled it off. Trump pulled it off in 2016. He won the Republican primary. And Perot, and you know, Perot was not consistent. He pulled in and out. But I think it, he won 19% of the, of the popular vote. That's a huge number. Hockey yeah. Bush was very weak. And if Perot had run right at him instead of forming a third party and then coming in and out, he, I think Perot would have had a, a, a good chance. And I think that's what we got to do. 
the, the action in Florida is in the primary. Yes. Okay. The Republicans are the, the majority, generally, the majority party. So the place to fight them, to it's fight the rhinos, is in the primary primaries. and challenge them. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and we, okay. we have to not allow money, which they have so much of, to be the deciding factor. Um, well, if the factor, you get the word out. There are lots of ways to get the word yes. out, especially with social media, with radio. We have Spanish language radio here in Miami. Uh, there's a lot of ways to get the word out. Well, that is what needs to happen. That's more important than uh, spending uh, an inordinate amount of money because I tell everybody, okay, uh, so I'm a billionaire. What does that give me? I still really only have one vote. So money is money. We should talk, we should vote with our money, but we should also make sure that we get out the vote. How many Republicans never got up off the couch to vote at all, period? That's the problem that we have. I heard, I heard, I heard I'm on the interstate clarity call, and they said that in Michigan, they saw 800,000 Republicans had dropped out of voting oh. in the last year. Well, that's, that's that, that, to me, well, that to me is the biggest that. problem. <laughs> you can't do that and win. Had several bills that passed in Florida this year, and some people thought, wow, they are wonderful, aren't they? A couple of them were, but like everything else that comes from the government, it comes with strings attached. And if you're not aware of the strings, you will step right into the quicksand, and that will be the end of you. So what has happened is, as Ed explained before, when bills got from the House to the Senate, Pasadomo, the rhino, made a lot of changes, and we did not get what we started out to get. The thing that I focused on, aside from education, was what's going on with the land. Because when I heard the WEF, the World Economic Forum, say that you will own nothing and be happy, uh, I realized that this is not going to stop in Europe. This is going to travel. And what are they talking about and what do they really mean? Well, if you listen to uh, any of Cindy's discussions, you will realize and add that on the peninsula, part of Florida, um, they are building high-rise complexes on almost every postage stamp. Now, for those of us that remember Agenda 21, there was a map that Dr. Kaufman drew with Agenda 21. And he pinpointed in the state of Florida, through black dots, the concentration of where the people will live. And we noticed when he did that, that the center of the state was almost gutted. There was a corridor moving up from the center of the state up the peninsula. And if you connected it, you began to connect it to other wildlife trails like Appalachian Trail and uh, through the Blue Ridge Mountains and things like that. And this went straight up. And what we noticed was that no people could live there. This was not for people. So we figured, oh, well, we live in the free state of Florida. So isn't that wonderful? And nothing will happen to us. Wrong answer. Florida passed. HB, that's House Bill 627. And 
I just have to read you the first sentence so that you know where this is coming from. It says, this is about housing, removes the authority of local governments to adopt or maintain laws, ordinances, rules, or other measures that would have the effect of imposing controls on rents, specified requirements, and restriction on counties in approving housing developments. What does it do? It removes the authority of your local government to have a say in providing affordable housing. This is Karen Schoen. You have been listening to The Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. We're going to have a lot of work to do this coming year, folks. I hope everyone is ready. See you again next week. America is America.